Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. Our goal is to get to the root issues of systemic problems using a theological and psychological lens. We hope you enjoy. Putman Restoration is a proud sponsor of the Asking Why podcast. Putman Restoration specializes in commercial disaster services, including water damage, fire, smoke, mold, and storm. Their goal and desire is to get your properties up and running as soon as possible after disaster strikes. Hospitals, schools, hotels, and large municipal buildings, malls, churches, and large commercial properties are their specialty. Manage properties nationwide? No problem. Putman Restoration Services, their clients nationwide. They are strategically partnered with elite restoration companies throughout the U.S. and Canada, giving their clients resources during disasters where normal companies would be tapped out. Trust the professionals at Putman Restoration when disaster strikes. Visit them online at www.putmanrestoration.com or give them a call at 318-453-5029. Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis, and today I have a special treat for myself. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but her name is Rosalie, (laughs) and she has a YouTube reaction channel called Rosalie Reacts. Um, I'm so excited to have you on. I listen to you all the time. And so we were talking about before we got started, I reached out just from some videos that I had seen and, you know, was saying, hey, would you like to come on the podcast? And you said yes. And so here we are. So welcome. Here we are. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and, and you know, what you currently do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm Rosalie. I'm half Cuban, half German. I was born and raised in Germany. I live in the States now. And um, what I do is I create content. My YouTube channel has kind of taken off. I've done all kinds of things over the course of time, degree in counseling psychology. So I worked as a therapist working towards my licensure. Then I um, worked as a full-time teacher and integrated some of that in my teaching style, if you will. And um, now being at home with my children, I started the YouTube channel where I would review music from all around the world. And my goal was just to dive into the psychology behind the lyrics and the music. And um, a singer-songwriter myself, so I've tried to find a way to combine music and psychology and the reaction channel happened and has been taking off ever since. That's awesome. So how did you get into that? Like, what was the idea behind the reaction video? Did you watch stuff before? Did you um, like kind of what's your story in that? Well, it's funny you say that because uh, there was a time when I did not understand or appreciate reaction channels. I thought it was silly to watch someone watch something. And it almost <laughs> seemed silly to me that idea. Um, it didn't really watch them myself. There was no interest. Um, again, didn't fully understand the thought behind it. And so as I've been trying to create content, I just generally like to be entrepreneurial. So even being at home with two children in between full time teaching, I would work on my music and put it out on my channel or I would um, start a mentoring and tutoring um, business, if you will, called Elliot Education, where I mentored and tutored students online, kind of after uh, the oh, pandemic wow. happened, the door opened for that. And so I've always been looking for creative ways to monetize, to bring extra income, to be creative. And so I thought, why not, you know, start a YouTube channel and start reviewing music because that I noticed that was a trend and uh, just thought that might be one way to create a channel that actually has potential. And shortly into the process, I started realizing or remembering, if you will, that it's easiest for me if I keep it international. If I tried just to review the most recent top 40s, Mm -hmm. radio radio mainstream, that wasn't for me. Uh, Not only because I don't really listen to that type of music as much, but also I don't think I would have a very happy audience because I have quite a bit to say about, you know, um, what the music industry does with people and the messages it feeds Mm -hmm. in various subject matters. And so... um, even just starting and getting some of the criticism when I had some things to say um, allowed me to hone in on what I do enjoy, what I am passionate about. And so I quickly just started listening to music from all around the world, which I already have been doing for all my life. And that came much more, much more natural and then integrating it with the psychology and talking on topics, but teaching ultimately coaching, mentoring people has been that red thread throughout my life for as long as I can remember. And so naturally the channel has been morphing into this more of a reaction channel into a community where I want to speak into people's lives, encourage them, where I want to use that reaction, if you will, as a stepping stone to address interesting topics and subjects that matter. And yeah, then it just kind of took off and I realized actually I like this and I'm starting to understand the psychology behind why reaction channels are so unique. But again, yeah, I, I want, want to mine to that be in a more substance. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of that's how it happened. Then it kind of just kept going and growing, and and then so, I started treating it like a business ultimately because I, I realized I have to put all of it into it 
if I wanted to have potential. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I've, I've gone back and watched some of the, you started, what year did you start the reactions on Rosalie Reacts? Uh, la last year, actually, I believe okay. I yeah. started it like the, at the end of last year. And I didn't start consistently posting until like spring of 2022, yeah, of like last year. I thought so. Spring, yeah, I went back and watched a year ago, uh, which I've been mm -hmm. actually, I guess I might not have realized when you, when you started, because I've been, you know, watching the channel for at least nine or 10 months. So I okay. might have been right after you started and just didn't realize that you were a newer yeah. one. Um, yeah, because I never really paid attention to it either. The first time I started watching reaction videos, um, I mean, I've seen here and there, but I started watching, I think is when the search came out. And I, I went down some rabbit trail with reaction videos from NF okay. uh, for people, that, okay. you know, and so I kind of started watching it from there. And then I realized like there's this little community of reactors who, mm -hmm. when something new comes out and especially in the music industry, um, I don't watch films as much. I kind of go down the music rabbit hole. Okay. Um, but I started realizing like they're all kind of the same people and they all, they all have this yeah. following and there's not really that many. That's what I, that's yeah. what's so crazy. I mean, there are millions yeah. of people who react probably. But when I type in, you know, NF reaction to, you know, happy mm -hmm. or whatever, the same like 25 people come up and then there's just like a bunch of people that I don't know and, you know, not really yeah. connected to. Um, okay. And you're in that, you're in that group, um, which is really yeah. cool. Um, but my point is, is like, yeah, there's a little community of people there that you kind of feel like, you know, and that's, I don't know, yeah. about, I don't know about you, but I know doing this podcast and speaking all the time, it's been an interesting dynamic of running into people in public or people will come up to my table at dinner and they'll say, awesome. Hey, I, you know, listen to this episode or I see one of your therapists and they act like they know me and, yeah. and they're super nice and super encouraging. And I'm like, awesome, you know, and I'm super extroverted, so it doesn't bother me, but after a couple of times I started realizing, well, I do the same thing, you know, like getting to meet yeah. you right now. I feel like I know you from listening to you from yeah. a year and watching you talk for hours on content yeah. and, and you know, hear little personal things within it. And so anyway, yeah, I think it's a cool, it's a cool world. It is. I agree. Definitely is a community. Even seeing some of the same people comment on various videos, if you will, um, or making cross references. That's, it's pretty neat. I agree. Yeah. So you definitely have in this last year quickly, you know, kind of developed a, I mean, like you said, you hit a hundred thousand subscribers, right? What was that yesterday yeah, or the day much. before? Or? It was, it was, uh, yeah, the day before yesterday. I think it was not this last night, but the night before. <laughs> I mean, that's such a huge yeah. accomplishment. Well, what did that feel like? Well, to be honest, it's still a little surreal. And it's interesting because on one hand, I'm so excited and speechless and overwhelmed. I'm really humbled. Um, at the same time, it's weird how when you keep growing in life and doors keep opening because you keep uh, if you keep adjusting your your goals, it just feels like another stepping stone. So where before it would have not been unfathomable, I would have not even thought. And then it happens my mindset has been changing to now I'm very excited, but I'm on to the next thing, if that makes sense. I'm not, oh, I'm not going to stop here. Yeah. So it's this, it's, it's a lot of joy, a lot of excitement. It feels like a huge milestone, but my mindset has changed. It's interesting. It kind of, I guess goes with money and many different topics too. When our mindset and relationship to things change, we start viewing things differently, right? For example, when you deal with finances as an example and you start moving away from a poverty mindset um and i'm not speaking prosperity gospel or anything weird like that i'm just speaking of making wise choices with money yeah. and such you know something that when we were kids uh, where it would have been a lot say ten dollars oh, right yeah. now as an adult it's like that's nothing right and as we make wise choices and wealth grows or whatever you know positive outcome of our change in thinking it's now just it's, it's just a different relationship. Now it's like a thousand dollars. Okay, that's not bad, but that's not that much. You see what I'm saying? Like, no, hundred percent. We grow with the growth, I guess. So yeah. I'm excited, but I'm also like, okay, okay, what's next? What else? What other door? Not just when it comes to subscriber numbers, but opportunities. Yeah, reach. What else will open door? What? Yeah, reach. Exactly. What can we do? What other impact can I have? So yeah, that reach is so important. Well, let's let's dive in that for a second because it's a great sidebar conversation. But I think as what I've seen with a lot of people, I mean, I've worked with clients, pastors, leaders, you know, super famous, rich people. Um, and, you know, I, I have a very grassroots following. I'm no, nobody special or big or, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. um, but as I've grown, yeah, those numbers change where 
even five years ago, I didn't believe in myself really. I didn't really know what I had or what anybody would yep. take on from talks or parenting seminars or marriage retreats or whatever. And you know, if somebody offered to pay me $150 to come talk at a conference, I'd have been like, what? You're going to pay me $150 yeah. to come speak, you know? Yeah. And now yeah. you have to do that game of like, is it is it worth the time and the worth energy? Exactly. Because somebody else is asking you to go speak and you only have mm -hmm. so many weekends in the year that you want to not see your family or so many afternoons. Absolutely. Or, and so, you know, I used to probably before getting here would have been more critical of people who make m money or who charge a lot to go speak somewhere. Or, and now I understand that it's just that di dynamic and, you know, yeah. still do things for free and I've shown up and done stuff for a hundred bucks or free, you know, but yeah. you have to value yourself and your family and your time enough to go, Absolutely. is it worth, you know, driving four hours for $200? Absolutely. Yes. You know? And being aware of our greatness. And when I say that, I don't mean arrogance because I can very much relate to what you just said about this idea of being excited because, you know, it's a certain amount for a speaking engagement or any type of service, right? Our time, services and goods. But as our mindset changes that you really learn to, to value your time and not just to value our time in the sense of what we're worth because a worker is worth his wage, but also in the sense of where will I have most impact? Yep. But like you said, right, there's fa our family, there's the financial um, aspect, but wanting to have the to maximize on the impact. Right. And, and knowing that every yes to one thing is a no to something else. It just it just changes your mindset. And it it I think is a is a helpful way if we stay humble to remember we were designed for greatness. You know, if there's nothing, there's nothing honorable about making ourselves small, you know, um, it's good, especially even in the face of the haters that go, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? There's nobody is served when we live a life like that. This life is too short and we miss out on being able to empower other people to be great as yep. well and to value their time and their gifts and who they were created to be. Yep. That's so good. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to family trauma. You know, there's yep. so many people, myself included, wow. who, you know, you don't want to be too big because people have said, well, you think you're too much or you think you, you think, you know, you're so smart or you didn't follow the family direction or you didn't do these things, you know? Yeah. And I've heard people talk about, you know, they go to college and they get a degree and now their family's like, you think you're better than us. And, right. you know, they're trying to be humble and they're trying to be lowly and they're trying to put themselves down instead of living their mm -hmm. best life. And they're made for something great and amazing. And God's yeah. got them, you know, has made them a certain image to do a certain thing yeah. for his kingdom. And yet they're too afraid of the one or two people who are going to say who are jealous or envious or insecure. Absolutely. Um, and that's such a tension, you know, because the, the rest of society is like, and we can get into this with like, uh, music, but it's like the industry, um, NF's uh, song about the music industry motto is such a great, your reaction was great because it's like talking about how, you know, the industry just eats you up. So can you talk about yep. that a little bit and, and how that applies to some of what we're saying? Oh, 100%. I think in music industry is a top-notch example of that where you, well, there's, there's a few different dynamics. On one hand, I see this pool in the music industry and it kind of sweeps into anything social media right the new currency is is views right i mean money is great but ultimately it's it's just paper right mm -hmm. it's only as valuable as we give it value to right that's why you have credit cards that's what we have cryptocurrency that's what we have jewelry different objects that humans have given value to and now we live in a day and age where it's views the more views you can get and when it comes to the music industry obviously there's a whole lot of complex dynamics when it comes to the logistics who really has the power who really gets the money mm -hmm. but the more views you have the more money you make right the more status you have and with money comes power with power comes identity and with that comes our um our desire to, to be somebody. And that ultimately to me boils down to our existential fears, right? We want to leave a legacy. We want to be somebody. And in the music industry, I definitely see that, that pull of people, even those who try to make it and haven't quite yet, who are trying to make a name for themselves. Um, and you see how these topics, you know, we know the main ones, sex, sells, violence, all these different things. They're so integrated into the music industry and there's such a hypocrisy there because you'll have people arguing about the silliest things, you know, and we are being polarized and turned against each other. But then very few will actually speak about the perversion and confusion in the music industry. You know what mm. I mean? Like oh, we'll have absolutely. people going, oh, they shouldn't say this and oh, you should refer to me as such and oh, this and that. Um, 
but we're hypocrites as humans because then in the background we're playing music that celebrating glorifies and celebrating those things right it's like wait a minute and we all have you know we all are you know prone to that if we're not careful those blind spots and that hypocrisy but in the music industry i think there's definitely just you know it's a business it i think the music industry is a prime example of why people long to be somebody they want to make a name for themselves they want to taste power and that you know uh the you know the the the, the more crazy or scandalous or the more out there the more views and therefore more money and when it comes to nf and the reason why songs of his and even the song motto is so powerful is because he he counters that but he's countering it successfully mm-hmm. you know if if you have answer answer powerful animals as, as we know insects and very strong but if you had an insect screaming trying to you know compete with a lion well the lion would not hear it <laughs> most likely the lion could not right. hear the ant even though the ant is powerful and strong in its own right and so if you had a, music, a musician or someone who has not made a name for themselves waving the finger at the music industry, okay, cool message, but not many are going to hear it. Yep. It's awesome that someone like NF who has gained such a following, who has power, who is now a lion in his own right, who is roaring. And it was fun, though, because he still does it in a very playful way. <laughs> yeah. um, and we do find that in rap, right? Sometimes where they flex and they like, you know, it's like that in yep. battle rap or in freestyle. Um, there's a level of playfulness and a level of, oh, snap i can't believe you just said that yeah and he he uses those that skill and those elements we find in that music genre to still you know drop those mics and be like listen i'm i'm you know i'm not gonna abide by that and i think that is exciting for the ants around the world not that the viewers are ants but you know many of us are not lions necessarily in our day-to-day it's empowering for the ants to go oh snap you know I can be a lion too. Wait a minute. What yeah. I have to say matters. I don't have to buy into the TikTok trends and the YouTube trends and into the music industry to be a value, to be beautiful, to be strong and powerful. I don't have to buy into that for my existence to matter. Yeah. So long story short, I think there's just, yeah, it's just a powerful way to see. I'm using animal references, but to see in that animal kingdom, you know, yeah. other lions standing up and saying, hold up, you know. Yeah, for people listening, NF is a Christian rapper. He's not a Christian rapper, yeah. but he's a guy who's a Christian who raps. And right. um, <laughs> yeah. he, uh, I've been following him for a long time because he raps a lot about mental health. His first album, Mansion, is you know about his mind and these rooms that he lives in and he goes into, and there's abuse there and there's trauma and and so it's been for me such a beautiful story. We don't have a we don't have the same story, but we have similar things that have happened um, and it's been a beautiful journey to watch him from that first album, listen to it for a while. Um, but there's been that tension for me as a therapist and as a Christian and as a person in my own healing journey of like, come on, man, like you got to break through, you're going through it, but you got to break through and, and, uh, and loving the albums. I mean, I've listened to them in seasons where they were, I was feeling the same way and, and they're very helpful, very dark, very difficult, but, um, to see people's responses to it has been, what's been incredible. Right. I mean, he has such a, yeah fan base that that processes and feels what he feels and knows it and it's yeah. so normal the things he says if you're a therapist you're like you're in therapy right you know yeah <laughs> as yeah. you're listening to the yeah, words yeah. you're like you're not just talking about this out of your back pocket like you're with a clinician talking through these things and then you're bringing it to the page i would love mm-hmm. to have a conversation with him about that and and just about his therapist and his process and imagine yeah awesome. anyway oh, I, I pray that happens but i don't know i feel like you felt the same way but the Hope album has been so incredibly encouraging to me. I'm actually going to see him Monday night in Arkansas. Oh, I'm super man, that's pumped awesome. About it. Um, I'm happy for you. Thanks. But uh, but just as a, as a believer, seeing when that Hope album came out and, and like the first pick dropped and he was in white and, uh, you know, the, the title's Hope and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the I kept, courage to title it that, too, oh, by the way. Oh, man. Yes. But like having a baby and ha- getting married and all of those things, like, what a message, what a Christian message to the world in a secular environment. So anyway, what did you feel about Absolutely. all that and, and how have you similarly, similarly like processed some of that? Well, I'm, I'm still on the journey of exploring um, some of the remaining songs on the Hope album that I want to bring to uh, the channel. I have listened to a few of them and going to keep doing so. But I, I can definitely relate to what you said. And it's been interesting um, from the reaction channel standpoint, because if I if I would have listened to it just on my own time I would have probably had a similar response you know crying and laughing and sobbing 
um, and maybe diving even more into my own personal trauma as I listened. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing so for the channel, of course, there is wisdom required for me to be vulnerable and real because I do promise my viewers real conversations. So um, I don't want to be someone that's already seen it ahead of time or puts on some spiel. Um, I have no interest in um, doing that. But with being vulnerable, of course, comes that risk, right? Because there's something weird about <laughs> recording yourself crying. Oh, because yeah. of course, you know, now nowadays with the world we live in, some people do it as a trend and it's weird. You can tell this is just fake. Um, and I don't find that well, I find it weird, but I also find it unhealthy, right? Yeah. If people just, you know, put the camera on and cry because they know it's going to get clicks. Yep. Um, but clicks, at the clicks, same clicks. time, they'll do anything mm -hmm. to get a few. Absolutely. Ooh, anything. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, of course, when you are a reaction channel yep. and it's truly making you sad, you know, the tears will flow. Right. So there's this weird tension even for me about like. I'm showing people this, even though I, you know, mm -hmm. not a fan of that type of stuff. Um, but at the same time, I want to be authentic and real. So I'm going to show them. And there's been times I still had to edit it out because I sat there for a moment. Yeah, mansions just crying. for I'm sure. Like, oh, yeah. Or like, you know, how could you leave us? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I was not, you know, I, for one, you know, I don't want people, you know, watching me for two minutes crying. Um, it was, <laughs> it's not coming deep. down your Yeah. It's like, okay, forward, fast forward, still crying. Oh, fast forward. So, of course, I'll have to edit some things. But to me, I felt comfortable enough to show people my emotions about it because it was for a purpose okay yeah. so it wasn't just oh watch me cry and subscribe you know what i mean yeah, it yeah. was it was you definitely don't come across like that at all Cause, zero cause, percent cause i'm glad because yeah. it's real like especially how could you leave us was very personal and um i felt comfortable enough to show that because i thought okay i did promise promise them real talk real reactions all right but we're going to use it for a purpose this yeah. is not so people just watch me cry this is not so people can pity me this is so we can have a, a connection, right? We all are connecting with this song in different ways. Now let's talk about it. And uh, that's something I think also people forget is that therapists need therapists, mentors need mentors. And uh, it takes such wisdom though, to be vulnerable and show what I just explained, but then also to be wise with how much you go into. Because when I share some of the personal stuff, I still keep things general. I don't go into specifics about who or what. Right. Because not everybody has the emotional intelligence or maturity or desire to listen with wisdom, right? We have people that are going to be quick to be polarized if I told them who I'm referring to in my life. I don't want them demonizing this per person now. You that's know what right. I mean? Like, So there's this wisdom of how personal you get. And that's something that I like about NF, that he's open about it. Um, but there's, you still see the growth. He's not staying in that place of misery that we sometimes like to stay in because we be, it becomes our identity. Yep. You see his growth. He's working through it. He's taking us with him. And if we do, even as therapists or professionals or mentors, if we do share parts of ourselves, I think the point is that it is for the purpose. That's something I've learned also through reading Dr. Yalom's books, who I often quote, um, who was more focused on existentialism and mm -hmm. those things. He too, in his books, when he shares these therapy session snippets, he will, if he shares something personal, it is for the purpose of helping the client. Um, right. So there's still wisdom in, in those dynamics. And I, I'm going on a ramble. I'm sorry, but. No, you're not. You're good. I, I think it's uh, powerful, his music. And that is one of the things that has touched me is where I was allowed to still be vulnerable and still work through some of my stuff, but I was still able to encourage other people. Um but yeah, it's personal. It's rough. I, I won't lie. Like listening to some of his stuff on video has been some of the toughest stuff because it has been the most personal. Oh yeah. It surprises uh, you too. Happy was, Ooh, that was such a good video. I'm telling you, yeah. I did not, under I was not ready because I thought, okay, happy, right? This is yeah, part yeah. of hope. This is going to be good. That's why I titled my video the way that I did. I'm like, how can a song titled happy make you sob like a child? Like what the heck? I'm coming in here going, Ooh, another NF, but it's called happy and it's on hope. And so we're good. And I'm sitting there, you know, 30 seconds in crying again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think, but it's so beautiful your reaction to it, people's reactions to it, the song itself. And I actually uh, wrote it in, in the chapter in my book, when we're talking about epigenetics and trauma and uh, generational mm -hmm. trauma, I, I said, you know, check out this video if you want to see kind of a good depiction of how these things cycle through. And for those of you who haven't seen it, go watch it. But essentially it's a, yes. it's a polarized parallel video from NF of a little girl coming into the room and then an older person coming in the room and you go back and forth and you realize by the end it's, it's this mom and daughter and she's playing out fights and alcoholism and, you know, smoking and all these things that she witnessed as a child or she's now doing as an older 
person. You think it's the mom, but it ends up being her. And then she sees herself in the mirror. And, and at the very end, there's a turn where she kind of blows the little girl blows out the candles and she's kind of wishing what she would have had. And, and she wants to be happy. And, and you see the adult person going and driving and she opens the door at the end and it's the mom standing there. And it was so fun watching people's reactions for the first time because everybody was trying to figure out like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, So you got to watch it a bunch of times to get the themes. But to me, it is happy because life is a mess. And for people listening who have, you know, damaged relationships with their parents or feel like they can never restore things, maybe that, maybe you don't want to, and maybe they're too dangerous to do that. But there also is always the possibility of reconciliation and stopping cycles and, and waking up to the moment Mm. of like, I don't want to be who, what I watch. Like I don't have to go through these same processes and do these same things. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Even, even for the next generation, because I I like that you said that sometimes we can't because it's too dangerous. I, I find that, I think that's awesome. And there's a lot of wisdom in that because especially when it comes to healing especially in faith-based circles, right? Um, we know of the word forgiveness. There's the word forgiveness that's yeah. thrown around a lot. And forgiveness is so powerful, right? Because it sets us free. It sets the other free. But one thing that I've experienced in my own life directly, because in addition to physical abuse, there was also spiritual and emotional abuse involved. Mm. What I experienced is that there was a lot of you know references to unconditional love and forgiveness and honor your yeah. father and mother. Oh, yeah. And things were taken out of context. While they're abusing you, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so there was this this dynamic where even in adult years, it takes such wisdom and such energy and work. Kind of like what you said with the video clip of happy and that cycle is to, yes, be willing to reconcile. But if they are not willing to change or there is something unhealthy or dangerous involved, still being aware, still understanding that we are worthy of healing so we can be better for ourselves and for the next generation like say that say that little girl running to her mom is the daughter's daughter you know what i mean and it's this this opportunity it takes so much work but it's this opportunity to say i will be better for my children so even if i can never have that relationship with my mom because it doesn't always play out like that for everybody you know the running to the door and the arms wide open that we long for we can heal because we are worthy of it for ourselves yeah and um well the inverse would have been the inverse would have been the video, the the the, the adult daughter running yeah. back to her child, like that would mm. have been a cool spin on. That would have been a cool know, spin. Working on your inner yes. child, right? Because sometimes all we can do Ooh, is I like that is go into our inner selves and forgive Clint, you know, forgive Rosalie. And I think when we can't reconcile with our parent, we can't repair that adult relationship. The the best we can do for ourselves is go back in and go, hey, I. I love you. I forgive you. I see you. I hear you finally, you know, and that frees up, you know, rewrites those neuro pathways, as Paul would say, like be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It gets you back to the truth that, Hey, you were an innocent kid. You witnessed these things you shouldn't have seen. And of course you played them out. That's what happens. And the reason that you keep playing them out is because you haven't addressed that little kid inside of you and forgiven them for what you're currently doing. Yeah. You know, and I think powerful. I think, you know, if, if people can see that if they can't reconcile with their parents, that doesn't mean they're not forgiving them. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. This idea of forgiveness or the unconditional love, right, where the, the verses like to be used or the sayings. Yeah. It's like forgiveness does not mean tolerance of everything. Unconditional love doesn't mean unconditional tolerance. Um, sometimes those those boundaries and saying I have to do the work, like you just said, to parent my own inner child to break this cycle. That too is love. That too is forgiveness. Yeah. I think, or at least part of the journey, um, to use you know that yeah, reference when good. it comes to NF and that that process. Um, but no, it's, what you said is powerful, and I think, I think that it takes a lot of work. That's the hard part, and I think that's why it's powerful to see even in, to go back to the music industry and NF as that example. It's powerful to see that he went on that process. This has been a, it has been a process of years. I mean. Plenty of people go way back when it comes to being an NF fan oh, yeah. and have been part of that from the get go. And it's it's years. This was not a, you know, oh, we're going to release three new albums in the span of six months and we're going to be healed. And I think that's a great reflection of what life looks like. Like you said, it's messy and it's a process and it's not going to happen overnight. And it's nice to have people that path that um, lead that path and yeah. pioneer and show everybody else through music. Hey, I'm, I'm in this, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's uh I'll, uh, yeah, there's a 
Dr. Terry Hargrave, I think he talks about um, there being a difference between salvage and restoration and forgiveness. Mm. And so, for, Ooh, yep. you know, forgiveness is I recognize what's happened to me and I name it. Right. I, I go, wow, I was yep. abused. I was neglected. I was abandoned. I saw things I right. shouldn't have seen. And I need to own that. I need to acknowledge yep. that that was not supposed to happen. And from a Christian perspective, right. we can go, well, that wasn't Eden. Right. God intended Eden. He in- intended right. shalom and harmony. And anything outside of that is going to have consequences, and I'm suffering those consequences. And then the second part is to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, into our parents' shoes, into our ex-husband's shoes, whatever it is, and go, well, why did that person do this? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like what was going on in their life that made them think this was what was healthy or whatever. Right. And then once we can settle into, okay, it really doesn't have anything about my worth and value to do with it. It doesn't have to do with I deserved or didn't deserve. It has to do with they're a broken, hurt person and they hurt me because they're hurting. Then we can kind of release and go, I forgive you for your imperfections and Mm -hmm. who you were and what that did to me for years, but I'm not going to walk in that anymore and let it poison me and poison other people. That's, yeah. in my opinion, kind of the scriptural responsibility of a Christian to do. That's the forgiveness that You're we have right. to have. Right. But God doesn't say you have to trust seven times 70. Woo. Woo. I like that. I'm going to have to use that. Go ahead. Oh, snap. Right? Oh, I'm going to use that. <laughs> he says, don't put your trust in me. Like Put your trust in the Lord, your God. And mm. so that doesn't mean you don't trust people. What it means is you're not commanded to mm-hmm. if someone yeah. is in your family go well now i'm going to let you back in i'm going to trust you with my yep. kids i'm going to trust you yep. with my emotional yep. health i'm going to trust you with my physical health hey husband mm-hmm. that, i'm going to trust you that you're not going to look at something you shouldn't or that you're going to mm-hmm. talk to somebody you shouldn't or wife and yeah. that comes with discernment and that comes with accountability and that takes that comes with the other person taking personal responsibility and saying hey will you yep. forgive me Will you reconcile with me? And here's what I'll do in my life to make sure this never happens again. Now we can rebuild trust, right? We can rebuild those bridges between us that can hold this heavy stuff. And and I think as Christians, we've taught a lot about forgiveness in that first part and then said, well, now forgive it and forget forget it and move on. And Mm -hmm. that's not a... That's not a biblical mandate to let people back in your lives who don't change and who continue to abuse you. And I um, think that's spot on. That makes sense. A hundred percent. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I think people need to hear that um, within, you know, faith, people that are that uh, are Christians or that are religious, but even those that are not when it comes to those boundaries, it's so hard, especially if you've been under that person's influence. I think that's part of the struggle is if it's a parent and a child or marriage or such, there are these um, power dynamics where I feel in theory, we know, okay, you know, forgiveness doesn't mean enabling or lack of boundaries but it still it takes active work to keep reestablishing yeah. that to keep drawing the line in the sand and to keep doing the work you know and i think that's that's the hard part that's why i think people need to hear this yeah and under- because it takes active choices every day absolutely and this the hardest part too is when the underlying thing about forgiveness is you want that relationship to be as healthy as it possibly can be too yeah so i think yeah. that's what's so hard for parent child dynamics marriages mm-hmm. too, but especially for, you know, adult children yeah. of parents that there's yeah. conflict. It's like, you're sitting there going, I've been wanting to connect with you and to be seen by you and to be heard by you and to be loved by you unconditionally since I was born. Yeah. So you think yeah. you want it, you know, you think you want the relationship. I want it more than you, but you're not oh allowing there to be safety and validation and connection. You're still wanting, yeah. you're wanting to use me as your child to validate you from what you didn't get. And until that process stops, it's just going to be a constant cycle. Uh, That's sure. Oh, my goodness. I need to take notes up in here. (laughs) (laughs) I told you this should have been the other way around. I need to interview you. No, no. Oh, my goodness. A hundred percent. So, so relatable. (laughs) I I can see so many people just being like, yes, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Spot on. Well, I mean, that's I think that's what that's why I was excited to have you on is because I value kind of how you're you're so sharp with your um, your responses and your reactions Thank and you. and so let's get into that a little bit with our time left we got you know 20 or so minutes sure. left um, so yeah. why do you think why do you think music but especially like reaction videos because you alluded to it earlier my wife makes fun of me all the time like I said like about the reactions because she doesn't get yeah. it but like yeah. there's there's nothing better for me than 
seeing people react to something as emotionally as I am and process it and talk about it when I don't have anybody to talk to about it. That's why I was so excited to have you on because we could talk about it in F. Yeah. Really, I don't have very many people in my life who think about it and take the time to process it and think about the mm -hmm. psychology of it. And so... Um, mm -hmm. It's like a real live reaction with you, which is awesome. Um, so that what is cool, yeah. Why do you um, why do you think? Well, two things. I'm rambling. One, I think there is some toxicity and some and some. It speaks to our disconnection that we need reaction videos. Yes. So yes, hopefully, people build relationships outside of it. But the other side is, you know, the benefits. So can you just kind of talk about that dynamic of the that what, duality there? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that I think to start with the toxicity, I'll start with the negative and then we'll end on the positive. Yeah. Um, I think the toxicity for one, uh, to your point, you just said the word disconnect, right? It's called social media, but we live in a once one of the most unsocial antisocial eras of our time, if you will. Um, not only because we're all physically apart when we're behind the screen, but also because we are able to present things in a way that is not realistic, mm. right? We can we can put the filters on, we can stage things for the videos and the photos, we can edit things out. It's not real. Authentic. And so yeah. there's that toxicity of, yeah, that barrier, the literal filter and the uh, invisible filter uh, or, or um, screen, if you will, that separates people, right? It, uh, it creates a disconnect. It creates a disconnect not only between real human beings, but it, I think it, dis it creates a, a disconnect and a cognitive dissonance in our mind. And we find that with many things, right? We find that with um, pornography. We find that with movies. We find that with music, with videos, where we will perceive things through our lens. Um, and we forget that these are real people on the other side of the screen, right? We, we are able to lie to ourselves mm -hmm. and create this idea that it is what it is, right? Yep. Or we, we either belittle what is not right because it's just on a screen. Or we um, don't fully take the time and slow down to process what's really happening here right yeah. even even with music right um so there that's where the toxicity comes in and we could you know talk about that for hours it's such an interesting topic but i think um yeah we we have that cognitive dissonance of again even with the filters of perceiving a picture right someone staged their food or the table or their family in a wonderful way and we think oh wonderful family great marriage respectful children oh he or she looks fit oh they look like they have money yep. and our brain receives the message um but there's that disconnect because that's not what's really happening or what it took to create said photo mm -hmm. and we don't all we will we will know that this is not reality in theory but i think you said something powerful earlier with those neuro pathways right we keep seeing that even though in theory we know this is fake this is not really reality sure that couple fights and sure those kids scream and sure that you know man or woman struggles financially sometimes we will know in theory we will practically not perceive that though mm -hmm. so i think our mind will keep telling us this is what it should be this is what you should look like this is right and it's this other you versus me same goes for opinions polarization yep. right we'll look for that bias confirmation and we see that in reaction videos people getting upset if you critique something they love yep um or wanting to hear someone affirm what you think and feel and getting angry when they don't so there's there's a lot of that lack of accountability there's a lack of refining because we can say something hateful and then exit out yep. um we can swipe to the next thing right Overstimulation. Uh, i think ren said something like that in a short of his a while back where he said um we were not if it was him or somebody else, we were not created for that many opinions. No, no. That's not natural. Yep. We weren't designed to be so bombarded with, you know, everyone has an uh, opinion. Whereas back in the day, musicians, they made music and those who liked it came to the show, those who didn't. Yep. Well, didn't we have come. an empathy. We we run out of empathy. You know, we, when we hear about a shooting in West Virginia or a teacher who said something yes. about a kid in West Virginia. And then all of a sudden we we have all this empathy and energy towards that but we don't to mm -hmm. the people that are literally in our, in our city and Bottom. in our town and in our house, yeah. then yeah, we, we run out of it. And we, and it desensitizes us. Yep. I mean, I, I, I've debated, I don't know it if I will or should, um, but I've debated even talking about that a little bit on my channel when it comes to more recent events where, and I won't name any names right now, but where a per certain person allegedly, I don't know all the details, um, claimed to have been in an abduction um, case. And uh, allegedly, again, it turns out that that was not true. That was a hoax. And it's weird because personally, I felt from the get-go something was off. But I didn't know. I still don't know the details. But the problem with that is is that 
it's the cry wolf, crying wolf situation where those who are true victims will be less heard then and the masses will either not be interested, right? Um, they'll just swipe to the next thing because I've been there, done this, heard this, not don't care. Or we become desensitized and we lose that trust yep. because it's so easy to claim things online behind a screen that now people lose trust. And to your point, they lose empathy. They lose a desire to, to care. And then those who truly need the help are not being helped. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but anyways, that's the toxicity part, right? That, that cognitive dissonance, that disconnect, um, the lack of empathy, um, people becoming desensitized or, or, you know, thinking they have to be a certain way because that's what's presented by everyone else. The positive, however, to mm -hmm. answer that part, I think I'll take it back to what I feel like music has been for mankind since as long as we know it's been a way for people to connect beyond words. I mean, I, I imagine, I don't know if I was just a caveman sitting around fire once they discovered it, but I imagine people as old as time in history coming together over music, right? Yeah. I mean, I imagine them even before actual instruments like the e-guitar and the drums coming together and just playing with rocks and it makes a noise sitting in silence and hearing the trees and the wind rustle through the trees and mm -hmm. the animals um, enjoying creation and experiencing the sound, the auditive experience that is part of our, our sensory system. And then as music developed, the different genres and the different instruments, people would come together either to play together. Um, I keep going to this idea of like around a fire. I don't know why. But, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's, a, then, that's actually a huge, uh, Jenny Allen just read a book. And one of the things she recommends in community is to have a, a burning fire and sit around it. And just that pe human powerful. beings have been doing that since the dawn of yeah. time. And so that right. communal activity is something that brings us back to our, our genetics and to all the way back in history as this connection yes. unconsciously. So anyway, it's, it's a great reference. Yeah, but it's because we see that right in the movies and that that cliche, someone yep. with the guitar, and then they all start singing. It's amazing. But there's a, there's a lot of powerful symbolism even there, right? Yes. The fire, the warmth. You cook something, you're together. You're back to the basics of what we ultimately need, mm -hmm. which is you know food, water, shelter, and community. And so I see that connection with music strongly, right? People coming together, playing, be it in a circle uh, to worship in in a religious circle, be it just for entertainment. And then music evolved and developed into different genres. Now people came together to see someone, right? A band or an artist. Um, you had traveling musicians going around on their wagons, entertaining people, um, entertaining royalty. It's always been this way of of art, presenting art, communicating things, just like poetry and such just like paintings it's developed it's evolved but it's always connected people and i think reaction channels are so powerful because we no longer have that or just to take it a little more recent speaking of history right um dr driving in a car together right i mean imagine you know in, in our youthful years driving in a car together putting on the radio and saying oh my gosh i love this song you oh, gotta yeah. listen to this Right. Um, how many of us still do that? How many of us are riding along? I mean, unless, you know, maybe now that we're older, we have kids and with our spouse. Yeah, but most people have their headphones in. But, but yeah, many people have their headphones in. Many kids may be on their phones or, you know, we don't listen to anything at all because we're so overstimulated. We now need silence <laughs> from swiping all day. But I re it makes me think of this time of I just have this memory of this feeling of being so excited to share something with someone, be it one of my own songs or be it, like I said, in the car or you're sitting there with your headphones and you turn to your sibling and say, oh, listen to this. You've got mm -hmm. to check this out. There's something so sweet about sharing that art and about sharing something you love and music everybody loves music yeah. you know almost almost everybody i mean when it comes to art it might be like ah, i'm not into that painting you know when it comes to food i don't like that but music i think everyone can find some type of commonality Rosalie, that's a great connection like uh yeah well you saying it goes all the way back the reaction videos especially around music yeah. i think it does go back to longing for what we used to have and yeah. not having space for it anymore you know, yeah, that our yeah. cultures changed so much that we've adapted into this thing. Um, now people can see it as silly and ridiculous and like, why do you need to watch other people watch things? Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, you watch grown men hit a golf ball. 
Touche. You know, you, <laughs> or you, sports, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, like you watch yeah. other people play the sports. Why is it any different right. than watching someone else react to a video or, or do a thing? Um, absolutely. The other thing is we're makes, all watching something. Absolutely. Someone and we're looking for connection, day. right? We're looking for that human, mm -hmm. that human mm -hmm. uh, commonality and, and narrative. Mm -hmm. One of the things that makes me uh, reminds me of is um, the selfies. Have you ever heard of the kind of process for selfies? So a lot of times we hate on so. like these younger kids because they take selfies and we'll say, well, it's narcissistic right. and all you do is care about yourself right. and you turn the camera up and you get the duck lips and, you know, and those are some very unhealthy yeah. things. I'm not <laughs> saying they're healthy, but what I'm saying yeah, is, yeah. is that one of the, the things about uh, science is that, or cultural changes is, you know, when you and I were kids and we went to the zoo or let's say we went on a field trip to New York or whatever, right, what would we do? We'd take well, a camera yeah, our parents probably would. Yep. Somebody would capture the moment. Yep. Yeah. And then we'd get home and we'd mm -hmm. send that film to Target or Walmart or whatever. Yes. And yeah. we'd wait for that film to come out and then we'd make a what? Mm -hmm. A photo album. Um, well, I think it depends. Yeah, a photo album or the, I was thinking of the, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Sometimes I would put them in like my journal. Right. I would like, you know, comment on them. And then when friends the come collage. over. Yeah, friends yeah, come over you're like, dude, look at this. Look, I saw this lion yeah. at the zoo. I saw Paris. I saw, we went mm -hmm. and saw the Statue of Liberty. That's what we yeah. used to do. And it was a way yeah, to show, right. you know, hey, this is what I saw. This is cool. Well, then yeah. the internet comes around and the phone comes around and, and high-res photos come around. And who wants to look at your picture of a lion when they have a professional photographer in Africa with 4K resolution mm. showing you the best tiger ever, right? Everybody's yeah. seen mm. it. Everybody's been exposed to it. So what teens yeah. started to do was they started to put themselves in the picture mm -hmm. where they're at. Right. To give themselves mm -hmm. context to say, it's not just that I'm I'm literally here. I'm with this thing. I know you can see it, but I'm still trying to tell you my story and my experience of it. It's not just about this. That's interesting. This uh, yeah, yeah. concert or about this thing. You know, now that also has a toxic side where guys stand literally with an iPad and film the entire concert you're at. And you're like, of course, and they're not what present are you to doing, it. bro? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, though. And I think. I, I know I often go back to that in my reactions lately, but I think it really goes back to that desire for existence, those existential fears we have, even if they're subconscious, right? Yep. We want to capture those memories. We want to share them with somebody else. For one, to prove I was here, yep. right? Um, we say that in the Nightwish song, we were here, right? That powerful anthem makes me think of the the Dr. Seuss movie, um, Horton Hears a Who, right? Mm -hmm. We are here, we are here. That's right. right. This, this desire to exist, this desire to have a voice. And if you can capture it, I mean, that's why parents used to take pictures of these family outings you want to hold on to that moment because what is life if not the memory what is it we you know what is what is our existence if not the the summary of where we have been where we have breathed and experienced life um and of course to your point you know it can get it can go overboard but i think there's a desire and i think another factor with selfies is that there are because of the the lack of connection there are less people people to take a picture of us now yep. I mean, as parents we know our spouses we, we were still there to, to capture our, our loved ones sure but the young generation if they don't have someone like that that loves them so much they they want to capture the other's joy who else you know might as well take a selfie because you have nobody else that's going to capture that for you Ooh, that's good um, that'll preach right there yeah yeah but but i think it, it ties back to even what we said with music that desire for connection because you you said it well when you said we're all watching something right even if it's watching sports or watching someone you know at a store you know and a lot of times in things that are crazy will catch our attention more shock value but even just to see go, going through a store and complimenting someone the the hunger for i love doing that once in a while i'll mm -hmm. be in a store and you could see a person just trying something on and just looking at them saying, oh, that looks so good on you. Beautiful. And you see their face light up like, oh, thank you. You know, oh, yeah. um, it's a little easier here in the States than in Germany. In Germany, <laughs> I get a little more skepticism. Like, what do you want from me? Because culturally, it's less common. Oh, yeah. But um, it's so fun to do because it's like you can just see the hunger for people to. And to me, that's not narcissistic. To me, that's just this no. idea of they matter for a moment someone acknowledged them and and praised them and you know you don't know the backstory of every person of course they may have some deeper trauma and hurt that makes the hunger even more significant but it's yeah with reaction channels it's allowing people to come together and i see that in the comments a lot of people that don't have others to share that with because maybe their friends don't like that heavy metal or whatever mm -hmm. And so they're looking online for like-minded fans yeah um or to relive that moment and that too to me is just 
core existential desires. We want to go back in time. And so to be able to see how someone reacted for the first time and felt, it allows us to relive that moment of the first experience. I mean, and to me, I'm just like, if that's not existential, you know, oh, yeah. or hunger for existentialism, you know, like take me back because I can't literally go. So I don't know. There's a whole lot of psychology behind it. But yeah, it's great. if it brings people together, that's why I want to do what I want to do with the channel. If it brings people together and actually encourages them to choose life, that's good. Right? We could talk about music all day long and be excited about this band. But if the band is speaking something of truth and we can use that to change someone's life just a little bit, then, hey, I'm all in. <laughs> Absolutely. And you do it beautifully. I mean, I think anybody who's listening who maybe doesn't even know what we're talking about reaction-wise, like, yeah. go check out her channel and um, maybe she's done some of your favorite songs or maybe, you know, some of the controversy in the world, you really can have discussions through the the medium of music and, and uh, what's his name, Tom... Um, You've done Tom so, McDonald. Yeah, like you've done several yeah, yeah. Tom McDonald oh, so. videos, and you know, I've done a few of his. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you do a great job with finding that balance, like hearing the truth, but also going, well, this is kind of you know baiting this, and yeah. this is playing off of this, but this is still true, and I think that's yeah, it's such a great way, um, another way, just like a podcast, to be able to have nuanced conversations, um, yeah, and discuss meaningful things in our country right now and in our world. And, yeah. and dialogue back and forth in a loving way where we actually get to truth. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I think that's part of the, the struggle is when people don't talk about that anymore because it's humbling, right? It's humbling to be wrong, to have a Ooh. conversation where it's like, oh, let me hear why you feel this way. It's so hard. I mean, especially the more emotionally invested we are. Yeah. Music will get people emotionally invested more than many things. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we go, I want to ask you about, have you done, I meant to look at your channel last night, but I just saw it yesterday. Have you done a reaction to the new Jason Aldean song yet? No, but I'm actually thinking of doing it. I'm torn. You I've should. been debating. I think I should. I've been debating um, in general, doing more than just world music. Yep. And I'm still trying to decide. You know, like not not the, not anything crazy. I really don't want to just you know feed into the polarization. Yeah. Um, but I've debated doing more. You know, every so often some content that deals with things that are not just trending but also interesting topic wise. Yeah. I, I, I may have to. I may have to. Yeah. My suggestion is the crazy. What I wanted to talk about with it is, and if you don't know, Jason Aldean just came out with a new song uh, called "Try That in a Small Town." I think is the title. Um, yeah. And we were talking this morning, me and some therapists met and I was, and I was, I went and listened to the song, listened to the lyrics. And then I watched like a bunch of my favorite reactors and uh -huh. nobody was mad. Literally everybody is going, I don't understand what, what, what the yeah. anger about is. And when I told mm -hmm. the guys this morning in our group, I said, who's mad? Like, this is kind of the problem with our society right now is who is mad? Like this is taken yeah. down from CMT. There's all these things. And listen, I, I do think that it's, and you can react however you want to, I do think it's a it's a play to the heartstrings of some things that are good, and then there's some there's some mm -hmm. things about it that I'm like, uh, you know, like I see what you're doing here, I see kind of mm -hmm. the bait here, um, and I can see why a person who thinks a certain way would be mad, even though there's nothing to be mad over, if that makes sense. Right, of course. Oh, yeah, and I think that's all intentional. I think yeah, they're not I, 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 it's all... It's all monopoly. Yep. I mean, even using certain footage and that could be polarizing yep. is part of the spiel because that's how you're going to go viral. You have people fighting over it. Yeah. That's why that's why it's so um, important to. Now, I could, should know way more about politics and the news than I do. I don't watch the news that much because it's just depressing. Don't do it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know I don't do it. But um, I think that's just a prime. We forget it so easily, but that's just what is the word for this? Um, basic warfare strategy, right? Yeah. A, a house divided itself can't stand. A country divided itself can't stand. You know, you 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 get a group of people uh, fighting. You know, they're distracted by from the real enemy. Yeah. And so it's we forget that so easily, but that's basic. Uh, just, yeah. You know. Well, to strategy. encourage you, I think you you do a good job in the way that I try to do a good job of being you know honest and in the middle, right? Of finding the balance. Mm -hmm. And I think we mm -hmm. need more people speaking into the culture in that way, in a mm -hmm. way that you do, where you, you, you do try to, you do a really good job of finding the middle ground and saying, okay, I'm going to be honest about how I can see how this is going this direction, or this might yeah. sound this way, but mm -hmm. it's still true, but we could say it this way. And, and I think, 
I think your psychology background and your study of people and humans and just kind of who you are personality wise, if I could speak some life into you, I think that um, that's such a rare thing in our time because you're you're not just talking about music from the sound or the the technicality of it or the politics and you're not trying to do it to clickbait. You're, you're just a real genuine person and you come across that way in the reactions and you just have so much love and life to you, but you also call it like you see it and speak truth. And mm -hmm. that's so rare for me to find somebody that I, that I think like, Oh man, that, that they didn't try to politicize it up or try to get clicks by saying this or mm -hmm. just say they like it or they don't like it because people will, you know, more yeah. people will like or follow it. So anyway, mm -hmm. I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. I hope Thank you, so much. you have 200,000 subscribers, you know, in the next year and Amen. month <laughs> and, uh, and that your family is just so blessed uh, by what you're doing and the light you're bringing into the world. Because to me, that is ministry. That is making people uh, see God and see the see Jesus in a way that um, they experience him instead of it just being this idea. They actually feel yeah. loved and they feel valued and they feel seen. And in my opinion, that's what changes people's minds, not not lecturing them yeah. into something or, you know, bullying them into something or whatever. I agree. Thank you so much. That really encourages me. Good. And that, that's what I want for the channel. I think that that's more that we need that more and more. Well, you're doing for, it for sure. I mean, I'm you're trying. doing it. You're doing an amazing job. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so out of much. the people in the world who get 100,000 subscribers to a channel, that's that's incredible. And that just not being polarizing and not being ridiculous. It speaks yeah. to how valuable the truth of what you're sharing and how you're doing it is because it would be easy to be dramatic and get followers, but you're doing it. You're doing it in the middle. And, yeah. uh, and that's amazing. I'm trying. It takes self-control sometimes. Cause even just that <laughs> James Aldean example, you know, I thought about <laughs> reacting to it. And my initial thought was like, Oh yeah, this could be easy to get like views, right? There, oh, yeah. My mind definitely goes there of being like easy to talk about how this ain't this and that. And then I saw a social media post share, whatever of a, a friend, uh, African-American friend. And it had me thinking, and though I didn't agree with it per se, it had me thinking. And I think, thinking even about the other side, if you will, for lack of a better word, there's more than two, to be honest. Oh, it yeah. is still humbling because it makes me go, okay, let me also take that part into consideration. Let me not be so quick to be so reactive because I'm definitely capable of it. You know, like, <laughs> thank God for editing tools. Right. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, the, the knowing that I'm still, you know, have to present myself a certain way also is good for me to be accountable to not, you know, just go crazy Cuban. <laughs> no, it's good. So, I mean, you're very sharp it with it and smart with it. And I think it's, it's super helpful as a professional who does this every day. You know, yeah. I look for that nuance and you got it going on. So, you know, a lot Thank of, so a lot much. of light and, and health and stuff is going to come through the work that you do and continue to do. And, um, anything I can do in the future to help you, man, I'm, I'm around. So it's, it means, a, it means a ton coming from you from an expert and a professional like you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to maybe a collaborating or having another con conversation sometime. Cause I could see, um, the audience that watches my channel just to, to be, to gravitate towards what you have to share and your expertise. There's so many people so hungry for that. I mean, even just, and I don't want to keep your time either, but oh, I'm fine. even just when you said <laughs> certain things like speaking life into me, or you said some of the things you said, I was at the verge of being in tears. And I, I think sometimes people don't understand that I had people comment on songs that I've been emotional to <laughs> saying things like, Oh, that therapist needs a therapist. And I laughed and I thought to myself, yeah, absolutely. Like people don't realize we all need somebody. So, oh, yeah. so, you know, just, just right back at you. Thank you for speaking life back into me. I think that's uh, so powerful is that, you know, we've been created and designed and all of us have a different platforms and God knows where they're still going. That's why I'm so excited about this channel growing because while I have goals when it comes to subscriber numbers and monetization, I've been recently telling a uh, thinking and even telling my husband, I'm wondering what else there is because I have ideas, right? Even as my mm -hmm. little ones get older, when it comes to what this can be beyond a YouTube channel, um, when it comes to products, when it comes to services, when it comes to uh, speaking engagements, because that's what I used to do during my times in seminary. I yeah. would travel and preach and speak and lead worship. And there's so many opportunities when you have people that are willing to listen. Well, um, yeah, it's also a huge responsibility. It is, but you're also um, young and you're like yeah. I am. We're in the, we're in the, what I call the little kid stage. You know, mm -hmm. we got little kids under 10 and yeah. they, they're our ministry and they're the people that we should be taking care Absolutely. of and, and loving Absolutely. on and our spouses need our love and our support. That's right. And you're That's still, right. you know, doing amazing work and reaching, you mm -hmm. know, hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. but you're, you're not done. 
Right, you know, right. like you, you're, yeah. one day, very shortly, your little ones are going to be in their next stage and they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be doing their own thing. And uh, let me prophesy a little bit, like everything <laughs> you're doing right now is so unique and so special as a person. And it's already blowing up without being able to be completely free of children. And I don't mean that in a negative yeah. way. I just mean no, no, ministry no, it's wise. True. It's, it's hard to juggle. It's a lot. Yeah. So 10 years from now, right? you're going to be able to be doing stuff that's so impactful with the maturity of being a mother and a wife and all the things that come your way that you connect with in this next decade. I just see as being you being such an amazing voice in our community, you know, faith wise, but just to the general world looking for hope, um, you're going to do it and you're already doing it in spite of being restricted in so many ways. So please don't ever whatever your own stuff is, like, I know I have it, you know, I'm going to get off this podcast and say it to myself because I'm, you know, (laughs) nervous, but whatever, whatever you have going on, don't let those lies like infect all of the good that you're doing and that God is using you for. And that obviously people are loving including myself. So. That that really encourages me because there was a time in my life. It's funny because when we look back into life and the youthful, you know, ideas of immortality, (laughs) um, they give way to reality and getting older. But a lot of it was things that either happened or choices that I made that took me from a place of being so sure of oh, all the great things that were in store, right? I just knew God had big things and people would speak it into my life all the time. And it, I, I started identifying like that. My identity mm-hmm. was great things. And then as I got older and reality hit and the real world outside of the, the Holy Mountain Seminary, right? Um, and choices that I made and sin that led to consequences and such, long story short, I got to a place where I worried, where I was afraid that God, to put it in Christian terms, God's anointing was gone, right? The mm. calling that it was ruined. Nope. And over the years, God has been restoring. Um, but I think, and I'm going to get emotional and personal, but I think in the back of my mind, even though I have been seeing redemption and I've been sharing with others, look what God's doing, you know, redemption and God's been restoring and forgiving. I think in the back of my mind, I think there was still an idea lingering of it's still not what it should have been if that makes sense yeah. i saw redemption i saw things being restored but it was like but it's still not the mountaintop it's still not plan a it's like you know and i didn't want to th- look at it as plan b or plan c because that's just depressing right we have got one life and oh no we messed it up but it's been hard to shake subconsciously this feeling of yeah but you're never going to be that great you know you're yeah. never going to be what you were called to then like it's restoring and everything's kind of working out for good because you know romans eight twenty eight, but it's never going to be the great greatness that you were called to if you would have not done that or gone down that path and so what you're saying is very very encouraging because you know that's what we're feeling hey listen I? <laughs> no you're you're somebody and and that's how we all feel yeah. right that and because it's not it's not untrue yeah um like i said earlier we have that feeling because that is the echo of eden No matter what we did, it is not going to be the mountain because the mountain's coming, right? The mountain for us is eternity, (laughs) right? It's, it's Christ's return and full restoration where he creates us to, he, he, he makes in us how God sees us. And that's the thing that Jesus did is he, he made a way that we, we, we are not yet fully restored to how we're, we're going to be, but God already sees us that way. That's what Jesus did is that he, God looks at you and he looks at me and he goes, you are the mountain, right? I see you as holy and set apart and set aside and, and seated in heavenly places and washed white as snow. And uh, you stand in Christ's righteousness. And I mean, your sin is cast from the East to the West, like universe to universe, not, you know, North Carolina to California. And, (laughs) and, and uh, Satan comes in and goes, he doesn't see you that way. You screwed it up. You're not doing the ideal. You're not living the most, you know, you know, full life that you can because you did this before you got married or you did this before when you were a kid or this happened to you when you were a child. And now that's corrupted and that can't be used for what it should have been used for. And our answer has to be, yes, that's true. And yet God, because he's the one who's going to do do in us, even in our worst, even with filthy rags, amazing, beautiful things. And all of those, like, I think that's why that Romans verse is so important to really understand. It's like, he's taking all of that into consideration. Yeah. Right. We didn't, he's not surprised by our screw ups. He's saying, knew you were going to do it and I'm going to use it 
to to do the mountain thing. The mountain thing wasn't without sin and without brokenness. It was because right. of that, that that the mountain's even achievable. And I think if people can get a grasp, if we, all of us, because I'm preaching myself a little yeah. bit here, <laughs> can get a grasp of that and realize that's the mountain, that's the success, that's the thing we're seeking is is connection with God and time with Him. And yeah. then the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then he uses us for things that we could never even imagine. Imagine, yeah. You know, and so I, I just Good. encourage you in that, that, man, you, you have not screwed anything up, that all of those little things, all of those traumas, all of those mistakes, they're shaping you into what you're going to be used for for other people. And it, you're, it, that's already happening. You know, it's, it, you're already doing that. You're already at the mountain. But <laughs> our own struggle is like going to the next mountain and the next mountain and the next mountain. And yeah, the thing yeah. is, is you were enough as a molehill. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that sounds like a cool t-shirt. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you should make that into some merch. Uh, so I should, right? Put, put it on your reaction channel, That's you know? <laughs> right. Hey, I may hit you up and get some ideas. Do it, man. Do it. If you feel like the, the passion for it, yeah, I encourage you to do it. You can start with <laughs> selling some extra merch. That's I'm right. enough as a molehill. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I've never said that before. It just came. So there we go. Oh man! Uh, there you go. That's sometimes the best. Those are sometimes the best, uh, you know, merch ideas like to re, you know, recreate. Like that's what I like doing. I have a few ideas I still have to work on, but you know, things like that are catchy that you say in passing. Yeah. And then it just becomes a thing. Excuse me. That's right. And uh, yeah, and then I just slap it on a t-shirt. Be like, there you go. <laughs> yep. Well, awesome. look. Thank you so much for your time. I know you got to go. Um, I really appreciate well, it and you. value this time together. Likewise, it's been such and such an honor, and I'm looking forward to maybe having you on the on my show sometime. And yeah, I would love to. You have to say, I think, I think the the viewers need more of this. Trust me. <laughs> Absolutely, they do. The world needs more of it, and I'd love to come on and, and connect with you. And uh, I'll send you an email for address and stuff, and I'll send you a copy of the book, and you can tell oh, me what I'd you think. Honored. And then you know, if you think that's yes. something you want me to come on and talk about, I'd love to do that. I would love that. That's a great idea. I really appreciate it. It's been exciting and such an honor to talk about some deep, deep, meaningful stuff. Some great conversations. I hope Absolutely. everybody can appreciate that and dive into it. Yep. Okay. Thanks y'all for listening. Um, Rosalie Reacts, go check out our YouTube channel. She's on Instagram and all the socials. Check her out there, That's Rosalie right. Reacts. I'll link it in the um, subscription and all that. But thank you guys and God bless. <laughs>